This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. G'day. How do? Oh, yeah. Life is life at the moment. Life is life. Just trudging, <laughs> trudging through it at the moment. <laughs> How about you? Uh, you know, pretty much, pretty much the same. Um, it's it's nothing exciting to uh, to shout out about. That's for sure. Um, mm. <laughs> just the regular life. Just regular, which is sometimes not bad, but uh, certainly boring in a lot of other people's minds. So, uh, so folks, as you can tell. <laughs> it's a bit light. It's a bit light on the old penny news this week. We're in, um, we're in one of those those uh, calms before the storm, if you will. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so we're yeah, gonna, we're going to be spinning our wheels quite a bit on things that are not pinball related. We'll get some pinball in there uh, eventually. Uh, but I'll just give you the heads up right now. Uh, we are scheduling to have another chat with uh, Mel Kirk from uh, Zen. That'll be coming up in, I believe, two weeks or so. Um, that'll be one of those also that we pre-record because there'll be stuff that we'll have to edit out, no doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'll be one of those. And uh, I mean, pretty much you can guess it's going to be about the announcement of what the next batch of tables are going to be. Um, yeah. I believe he's got some other... Uh, stuff brewing that he wants to talk to us about. So that'll be coming up. Uh, but until then, yeah, pinball news is going to be. We've really only got one, one news stream. That's, that's sort of active at the moment. That's really Zen. So yeah, I mean, you know, Farsight's there, but they're not really doing a lot of pinball at the moment. And Zach, Zachariah, you know, is there as well, but again, they're not a high volume producer. So Spe- speaking of Farsight, so mm. we'll, we'll, let's touch upon some things. Uh, okay. Last week but, we discussed the uh, the terrible case of Smurf berries. Yes. <laughs> well, it turns out that the Smurf berries are even worse. Um, oh. Because whereas we were saying that you had to earn a thousand tokens before you get your uh, can buy one gold bar, apparently that was also based on what level you were at within mm. playing. So the better you play, now you come up to a higher level, and now you have to earn even more tokens. Like 2,000 tokens like 2000, for gold. And eventually it gets to an absurd number. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, the Smurf berries even get worse. Um, that's, that's, oh, dear. Yeah. Terrible. That's ter- Terrible. So people have actually, so some players have actually told you, like responded to the call that we sent out saying, so what's it actually like playing this thing with the Smurf berries? Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Wow. That's a terrible, terrible thing. Somebody, somebody brought it up with that they were going to review the game, and they were actually had positive things to say about the game, and it's like, oh yeah, there's a game. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, but that's the problem is, is when you get focused on the controversies that are within it, sometimes that can taint, overshadow the game. Yeah, it can taint everything else that's a, that's oh. going on about it. All the time. Like, if you have something that gets in the way of you enjoying the game, this is what we were talking about last week. If you don't enjoy the game, you focus not on the actual game itself and the mechanics of, like, unlocking things so you can play. And it doesn't become about the game anymore. It becomes about the model that you've implemented for pricing. Right. So it's actually a pricing game, not an actual pinball game. 
and that's really stupid. Um, you know, even though you can technically avoid it, it, yeah, you just don't play it. <laughs> that's how you technically avoid it. You see it, you get offended by it. You know, um, yeah, it will trigger I, me constantly. I will just go yeah. and play Zen. And, and well, and that's the same thing though. That Zen is kind of having to deal with right now. I don't think it's really affecting that many people, but the whole censorship thing—it kind of overtook the story. It you did. know, so uh, yeah, for the it, diehard fans, for everyone else, they could not care less about it. Honestly, <laughs> everyone else is going, "Hey, cool! Look at these digital pinball tables that I've never seen before because yeah. I've only been playing Zen pinball. These are great. Let's keep these coming." And that's literally the, where it, the where the interest in it stops. Yeah, it's only it's only folks that are like you and I and the rest of the real diehard fans that are really worrying too much about censorship. So, the I did see a funny comment regarding uh, medieval madness in tournament mode. Somebody was like, "Hey guys, I'm having a really hard time hitting the catapult um, mm. in tournament mode. What's up with that?" And so I had to go at it, and sure enough, I was having a hard time. But then I all of a sudden realized, yeah, I can't hit the catapult in real life either. <laughs> so it's actually not really a tournament's fault. It's just it's, that that's a really hard shot. Well, you wind up hitting the post a lot. Yeah, you do. And depending on the sensitivity, the sensitivity of that rubber, it'll kick that ball right back at you. Um, as opposed to if it's a dead rubber, then the ball will kind of ricochet in much ricochet easier. In. You yeah, know, I found I've actually played the original medieval and the remake medieval and on that catapult entry they've actually got on the bottom side of the catapult entry they've got this metal sort of a guide on there now so mm -hmm. i think it used to just be like a gate and a rubber but now it seems like they've got like this metal sort of metal form piece instead and i think that's making it slightly easier to get in there Okay. Um, so it's just a bit interesting to see how they've modified that. They obviously modified it because it was probably getting slammed a lot by balls yeah. and they wanted to strengthen it. Uh, but yeah, it seems to be different from my memory at least. So I'd like to see an original medieval and a, and a remake medieval side by side and see what the differences are. You have to look those up maybe. Yeah, you have to have a look on the internets. Because finding an original medieval is... <laughs> a little bit tough sometimes. Yeah, they're, yeah we've got they're some there, around here. Now. They're mostly remakes on site now. Yeah. And, I mean, why wouldn't you? If you're going to put one on site, you would put a remake on there because they're going to be more reliable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. um, let's see. What other uh, pinballish news can we go for? Ah, I did record all of my call outs for Stars Phoenix in Zachariah Pinball that's coming up. So how'd you do it? Did you just do it from your home with your equipment? Yep, did it from home and uh, just used Audacity to to record. And <laughs> the the one thing that I apparently didn't do right was so when I'm on set and people do what we call them wild lines, mm -hmm. which are audio that is not filmed. It's just purely for the sound guys. So this is the kind of thing that you would hear, you know, the other end of a phone conversation or. Uh, somebody doing an off screen call call out of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they just want different and they always want variations of the line reading. And so the actor will sit there and they'll, you know, say the same line over and over again, maybe, you know, four or five different variations of it. And mm -hmm. um, it gives the editors what they want, you know, something to choose uh, what they want to go for. So with each of the call outs, I uh, did just that. I, I, 
did them in about three or four different variations. And then I moved on. So it would be like, you know, if I had to say bonus two times, I'd be like, bonus two times, bonus two times, bonus two times, you know, so because I don't know what, yeah. out of what they want. Yeah. Right. So I was just rolling them off. And so I clumped like there was five different bonus freight, you know, things to go through. So I clumped all of those into one, called that a file, and then moved on, open up a new file. Right. Well, <laughs> well, apparently they what they really wanted was each and every one to have its own file. Oh, really? Because so, <laughs> now they're going to have to go through and break them up. But my point is, yeah, but I don't know what I'm going to do with different voice variation for each call out. Yeah. So within that block of five you know, I'm going to have 30 files or something like that. You know, uh, uh -huh. if, if I'm not getting a little direction, then I'd rather just hear you sort it out, you know, pick the one you want. You can isolate it, cut it and rip it, rip it and then take it. Yeah, exactly. Be on your merry way. Um, but it was one of those things where it was a little bit odd doing them out loud. And I told my wife, I was like, just don't laugh at me while I'm doing these. Because <laughs> it's like, it's going to sound dumb. Yeah, it's going to sound dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it was completely out of context for anything that's going on. Yeah, it sounds odd to be all of a sudden be like, jackpot! Yeah. <laughs> yes. And actually wanting to get excited enough to say jackpot correctly. Right. Yeah. It's, but, yeah, uh, it would be hard to do. It was pretty fun, though. I, I enjoyed doing that. Um, if I get the opportunity again, I'd love to do it again. Uh, mm. Different voice, but yeah, that was cool. It would um, be fun. What else? What else? Ah, did you uh, see the Beatles pinball? The video huh. that dropped. Apparently, it, the video wasn't supposed to drop. It got oops leaked. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've seen. I've heard that basically it was a whole lot of like thumbs down from everyone watching it. Well. <sighs> If you've had a look at it, it's it's got that early '60s color palette. Mm, it's very so, pastel, isn't it? Oh, just kind of gross. Mm. <laughs> it just doesn't look great to me. And then, especially when you compare again, the, it's it's a reskin of Sea Witch. Mm. And then you look at Sea Witch, and you go, "Yeah, I'd rather have that." It yeah, it's just give me Sea Witch. Yeah, you, 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 you think of it. I reckon they. I actually think the. The uh, list price of sea witches will be going up now <laughs> because <laughs> of this. Because of this, or you know what people are going to do? They're going to basically get it and just put a sea witch skin over the top of it to get rid of all the beetles. They wouldn't because it's going to cost you thirty thousand dollars. So, yeah. I, upon further reading, they said that they well, they're limiting the production run to uh, one thousand nine hundred sixty-four. So nineteen sixty-four. Yes. That's when this is all set. Um, the song list. Two is like, really? <laughs> That's those are the, the ones. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and I mean they added a couple of features to the table that's you know different from Sea Witch, but wow, they got a spinning disc, spinning wow. disc and a magnet at the top. Um, and wow, there's two extra stand-up targets, um, and I think there's a ball lock behind a drop target uh, bank. Right. That's about the sum of it. But even the video, which was a single ball, wasn't it? it was yeah, just... yeah, if I'm not mistaken. But the, even you watch the video and it's just a snooze fest. It is. And wow, there's no excitement going on right now. <laughs> no, it's pretty flat. 
And as I say that because it is pretty pretty flat. <laughs> so there's no ramps. There's yeah. flat layout. Boy. Yeah. yeah, I tell you what, I don't know if they're going to be selling 1,964 of them. Uh, do you um, know? I bet they will. It's collectible. Oh, probably will. There's so many Beatles nuts out there that, yeah. Um, yeah, they probably will sell, unfortunately, which sets a precedent. I know that the guy who was, uh, I think the guy that was on uh, Head to Head Pinball, the, the owner of Kapow, um, Joe Kamakow, I think his name. Okay. is and he was oh geez he was selling it hard eh? he, he we couldn't tell anyone what it was he goes this you won't believe that this license is possible but we managed to get it it's been in the work for 10 years you know we've been trying and trying and all of a sudden they said yeah sure let's do it and it's like oh it's amazing i think you'll really like it. there's a lot to like about the game he was like really really laying on thick eh, when he was selling <laughs> it. and i was going hmm if you're laying it on that thick when you're trying to like get people interested in it, there's a reason why you are. Yeah, you just, go the, just go through the YouTube comments, and you'll see what people's opinions are of it. Now, I mean, granted, it's you know, YouTube; you can't trust every comment that's on there, but you can certainly yeah. get a, a taste of it. It's a barometer of <laughs> right. what people are thinking. Yeah, and it was certainly most of the stuff that was being commented on was exactly the things I was thinking of when I was watching the video of it. So, um, yeah. there's not enough on there to like. An extra sure you know having a two ball multiple it's nice but why stop at two you know you could have gone with three um pretty easily i would think yeah like if you're redesigning mechanisms in the play field why just have a two ball so i don't know and i don't know i i also just with the color scheme too it's like to me that's black and white era beetles so let's have black mm. and white beetles <laughs> have, you, have you seen shots of the black and white twilight zone right yeah because they've done one, yeah. Someone has actually rethemed it for black and white. It looks mm -hmm. pretty incredible. Well, um, all you have to do is think of think of Centaur. That's virtually all yeah. black and white, um, and it works. They've got accents of red on there, and that's what really makes it an effective looking playfield. But yeah, you could do the same thing with this pretty easily, actually, and it, it'd look very tasteful, and it would be a very big point of difference out there in the market. But this is just like, yeah, I don't know. It's not translating very well. <laughs> on, on video maybe it looks better in person yeah they what they really should have done was a uh, uh, sergeant pepper era and then it would just look like a zacharia table yeah in a whack it would look like farfella then wouldn't it right exactly yeah <laughs> oh um okay we're gonna we're gonna I've, I've got a little bit of pinball talk that we'll talk about a little bit later but uh, we're gonna move into a different category okay so this is the non-pinball version of things, folks. Um, mm -hmm. This past week, talking with two different people, both of who, one is in his early 30s, one is in his uh, late 30s, I believe, but mentioning of movies and them going, mm, no, never seen it, and my jaw hitting the floor. Mm -hmm. Because they fancy themselves, you know, science fiction people. All right. Uh, they like pop culture. Uh, they like mainstream movies, and yet somehow uh, one of the guys had never seen Blade Runner, mm. and never seen any. And because of that, he didn't see the newer Blade Runner. And again, this is somebody who really likes hard science fiction. I'm just like, how? And then I have to realize, oh yeah, you know, by the time you were old enough to to probably be even aware of the movie. 
the movie was already 20 years old. <laughs> so yeah, that's you know, right. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, but then another friend of mine, first off, a couple of weeks ago, I discovered he'd never seen uh, Terminator or Terminator 2, which is, oh, wow. okay. again, he loves time travel movies. I'm like, how do you avoid that? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the funny part of he goes, Oh, those are time travel. Those have are about time travel. Like, yeah, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I found out that he had never seen Aliens, uh, and then he went, "Ah, oh, I got to question my friendship with you." <laughs> and you need to just drop what you're doing and go take care of that right now. Mm. Um, to which credit to him, he did exactly that. But <laughs> it made me think about what are movies that you just like from the now you're going to you're going to be a because you're a little bit younger than me so you're going to be a, a slightly different skewing of this but i was thinking yes. movies from the 80s and early 90s that if you heard somebody hadn't seen today that you just that you consider a friend or that you've had conversations with that seemed you know normal that they seem like they would be up on the same kind of pop culture that you are that you would just go what how, how i don't does not how, <laughs> how how why what what are you doing? I think probably for me, um, oh, it might be Die Hard. Actually, you have to have seen Die Hard. That's a man. Yeah. Of, absolutely. Yeah, it would be Die Hard is like really and Jurassic Park as well. Like in in the cinemas, like Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, like Die Hard is one of those that it, it created its own genre. It did, yeah. And so many movies came out because of that genre. Um, you know, I, I look similarly at... I look at Lethal Weapon. Oh, um, yeah, Lethal Weapon was another one, too. That's the epitome of the buddy cop movie. Now, obviously, mm. back 24 hours was the first of that, you know, the the, the true antagonists. Uh, buttoning up a head, you know, heads against each other, but Lethal Weapon perfected it and spawned countless other buddy cop movies. Yes, because of that. Um, so that's certainly on my list. You know, when you go, when you think about uh, other science fiction that is uh, RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop is a big one. Is yeah, that, that was like um, you know, and that's because it's in that melding of. Police drama and science fiction. Comic book, science fiction. Yeah, you know, it's it's over mm. the top kind of kind of stuff. Um, oh, the other one would have to be for me, Last Action Hero. Like that. That is just really. You <laughs> like that movie? I think it was hilarious. It was oh great. My gosh, I hate that movie. Oh really? I hate it so much. <laughs> Why do you hate it so much? I hate it because I recognize the. The potential of it, I mm. I love meta movies. Movies, yeah. you know. I mean, that's why Deadpool I love because it's pointing out all the things that I would recognize anyways. But what I hated about Last Action Hero was a the kid annoyed the crap out of me. Yeah, um, it was Arnold, like Arnold in True Lies. That's the perfect. Oh, True Lies, Arnold, so good. Arnold amalgamation. You know, it's it's it's. Rock solid action, but he's also dropping one liners left and right. But you're not cringing yeah. at him. Whereas in last action, I was cringing at him. It was like too polished, too 
you know. All um, right. Yeah. Oh, the 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 gallery over here on the uh, YouTube comments is uh, starting to come alive. Fire up. <laughs> up yes, we 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 were getting that. Uh, uh, Blade Runner boring. You know what? I'll give you it. It's it's not an action packed film, but I didn't realize how that it was actually like so limited in story until probably my fifth or sixth viewing, and I realized that it's the visuals are so astounding in the world building and so astounding that that filled in everything else for me um, right. before I finally went, Hey, there's not much really here, <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty as hell. So, you know, yeah. Um, another comment here, fifth element oh, to yeah. me, that's world building right on top of Blade Runner. That's my second favorite. Yeah. I love fifth element. That's a great, great choice. Great choice. Yeah, and then they put in Starship Troopers, which <laughs> <laughs> I love it for its for its just p taking the piss out of itself so well. I love there, it. There's where I go. I would rather watch RoboCop instead. I mean, you know, they're both for Verheven movies, and they're both gleefully violent. Yeah, I would lean more towards the RoboCop mentality. And, and <laughs> what you've never seen it, Starship Troopers. A lot of people I can forgive for not having seen. Um, it, it got a really bad rap when it was released, and there's probably oh, yeah. good reason for it, but. I just, I love it. It's so terrible. It's good for me. That's what I love about it. But I mean, like you think about this and, and again, because of how old it is, there's plenty of people that are full grown adults that have never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Well, Even if it's been on reruns, like right. on TV. Yeah. yeah. Which I would just have to smack him in the face and be like, go take care of that. I don't, I'm not talking to you until you go take care of that. It's just, you know, <laughs> unacceptable um you know if you went the if you went the comedy route uh, you have to have seen animal house that movie influenced so much and to this day is still influencing movies yeah see i've, I've not seen that one oh, seen um i need to go and do it of course you got little ones in the house so you gotta save it for late night and or just like headphones and my laptop in my room having right. a private session right yeah. um same thing goes with a uh, caddyshack that movie. Oh, yeah, we've seen Caddyshack. Like, there's been a fair few variations of Caddyshack too, hasn't there? It's like a couple of them, isn't there? No, there was Caddyshack two. Yes, and thankfully that was the end of it. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, is that with Caddyshack two, it actually has elements in it that I love, but they're like maybe ten minutes worth of the movie, and the rest of the movie is utter garbage. Um, yeah. Oh, 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 wait a second. This is a good one that just popped up. Uh, somebody says that Porky's is better, better than Animal House. To which I say, I didn't laugh once watching Porky's. Not mm -hmm. once. And if I watched it today, it doesn't hold up in the least. And the weird thing is, is that that came out directed by the same guy. Porky's came out the exact same year that A Christmas Story came out. So the same director <laughs> directed Porky's and A Christmas Story. Which is just—I don't know what the Christmas story is either. You know, well, see, you're not in America where it airs yeah. 24 hours a day during Christmas. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> your Christmases are not filled with uh, snow and cold weather, so right. completely different vibe. For I, it doesn't surprise me that you in Australia that wouldn't even be a touchstone in the least. Um, there was one. Uh, it's a rom com that is set in Christmas, and it's got uh, it's got a whole lot of famous people in it, and it's uh, actually. uh yes love actually yeah yeah that always always comes out of christmas over here like with uh uh yeah it, every single time you can guarantee that that will be on rerun again 
Now, have you seen Christmas Vacation? Uh, no. Wow. See, there's another that that to me. I think that's just before just before my era. That one, uh-huh. I think, yeah. So those are my the, the, that's my my two Christmas movies right there is Christmas Story and Christmas Vacation. It's like and Die Hard. Um, and Die Hard. <laughs> and yeah. Die Hard. You know, um, watch the YouTube comments light up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else? Uh, uh, Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah, Ferris Bueller is great. If somebody yeah. hasn't seen that, it's like it still holds up today, as far as I'm concerned. Other than the fact that the complete lack of cell phones would, if there were cell phones today, it would completely change that movie. Like everything yeah. that happens in that movie would be completely different because of cell phones. Yeah, well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't really be that way. It wouldn't, it, no, <laughs> it wouldn't be a movie. <laughs> um. I questioned whether I would consider Conan the Barbarian one that is a you have to have seen that because mm. um, I don't know. It's one of those that is kind of a deep dive as to to whether I would be amazed if somebody hadn't. Um, and then if you go deeper into the nineties, it's uh, Heat. That's kind of like the one of my last ones that it's like, what you really you haven't seen Heat? Um, yeah, I haven't seen Heat. <sighs> What's it about? Heat is. About a a group of of uh, uh, thieves mm-hmm. uh, headed up by Robert De Niro, and they're going after a rather large score. And Al Pacino is the cop that is basically trying to crack what's going on in the city of L.A. It features hands down the best gun battle you've ever seen. All right, um, it. it it is, I think, an eight-minute-long battle. battle. Wow! And there's no music; it's just the sound and echoes because it takes place in downtown LA. Yeah. Um, just the uh, sound of automatic gunfire. It's one of those that if you ever want to impress somebody with your home theater de- uh, setup, that's the you, one. You throw that scene on, you crank it up as loud as possible because the the bass thumps you just pound in your chest. Oh um, wow! I remember when I saw it in the theater and people broke out in applause after it was over, after that scene was over, people just really? like stood up and clapped. It was absolutely incredible. And I just incredible. watched the movie three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. Um, and still it's, to me, it's a flawless movie. It's absolutely perfect. Right. Um, and that's about the, the final, like in terms of this timeline that I'm saying, you know, eighties to, to early mid nineties, because beyond that, a person in this age bracket that I'm talking about has probably seen everything else that's kind of uh, shuttled through after Probably, that. yeah. But, oh, <laughs> my wife just popped in and goes, wait, has Jared seen Harry Potter yet? Oh, yeah. All of, well, yes, actually, because they're actually doing... I have seen m- most of the Harry Potters up to about, I think, the third one, and then I tailed off. Um, but now they're actually doing reruns of them all in sequence on oh, TV okay. at the moment. So I'm filling a lot of the gaps. I think they're playing order of the Phoenix tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, I'm, I'm getting a lot of the gaps filled in. Um, I watched the one the other night, which strangely enough, uh, it stayed in my memory for a while. It was one where they have the time Turner mm-hmm. and they go back in time to solve things. I think it's That's the, uh, use of, of time. Tra- well, not time travel, but, like yeah, time, yeah, 
it was wonderful like to watch it again it's like yeah this is a great story like there's there's nothing you can say that's really well put together yeah so yeah i really enjoyed re-watching that again which brings uh, up again why in the world is there no harry potter pinball i have no idea it is such a gross oversight i don't know jk rowling charging too much Boy, they could do some things. Imagine if they got that license in Zen. We've said it before. Zen would run wild with it. There's they could make a whole like sub genre like pack of Harry Potter. I mean, right off the bat, not only do you have the just the pins about the movies, you know, per mm. se. You could you could you do six right there. Well, there's eight. No, there's a total of eight. So eight books, right, yeah. technically, you know, story wise, you know, with the books, but you know, split them up into three. You know, mm. in terms of what the tables are covering, boom, there's three tables right there. A table exclusively dealing with playing Quidditch is such a natural for pinball. It's ridiculous. Yep. Um, even if you had, I mean, I can even think about having oversized pinballs that would be released to block your ball as a bludger or something like that. I don't know. Bludger, yeah. Hoops at the back of a play field that you would launch the ball through is, is just a no brainer to me. Yep. Oh, geez. It, it's just, it would be so good. You know, um, and, then, and then you think about the very idea of, say, turning back time. Well, what does Zen have? They have the rewind button. Can they you do. In rewinding events, you know, that you've, that you've been playing. Imagine uh, imagine doing that that exact scene where you're actually, like, you know, retracing your steps with the time timer and you, you weren't able to actually, like, there'd be a ball on the play field, but yeah. you couldn't get near the ball because then it would break the break the, you know, you can't be seen rule. That would just be amazing. Yeah. You know, you could have a whole thing where the, the uh, one table is nothing but Hogwarts with moving staircases, moving ramps, um, mm -hmm. you know, going into different areas. You could have, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> my wife is now shouting kind of things. She's all trapdoors, trapdoors. You know, yeah, yeah. Think about the theater of magic table. Yeah. It's a table about magic. Now just Harry Potter themed the whole thing and bam, you know, Instant beauty. I, I just, yeah, it's astounding to me that there hasn't been. And now you've got a whole new batch of movies that are coming out with the Fantastic Beasts. You already had one. You've got another one that's about to open in a couple of weeks. They've already yes. stated they're going to make five of them. Five. Wow. No pinball. <laughs> I just, no. I don't get it in the least. And I really think Zen should be hopping on this. Oh man, it's Bang. such natural for digital pinball. It's ridiculous. It is just begging to be done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because the thing is that, you know, they don't have the problem of like going into a franchise that maybe is in the first like couple of things that they, the first couple of movies, they, they've got so much material to work with here. It's all, God, essentially so yeah. Like there's no, there's no problem with trying to work ahead of the movie release or anything like that. It's all laid out for you and you can pick and choose exactly what you want. Yep. It is just like the best. It had to be the best scenario for a studio wanting to do this. And there's so many, just like Star Wars, there's all these offshoot uh, side stories. Oh, geez. Some of these books that have been, and they're all written by the actual author. So it's not even like, you know, it's. it's not fanfic. No, yeah. they've actually genuine. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those titles that to me is just such an easy, natural fit. Um, there must be a reason why it hasn't been done. I'd say it's probably very expensive. Well, I think it, it, it's the first movie came out at the same time as Lord of the Rings. Mm. And obviously they did a Lord of the Rings table. 
and that was the end of it. But that was also when pinball was really struggling. Yes. And I think by the time pinball kind of got its feet back underneath it, um, Harry Potter was pretty much on its tail legs. And mm. they might've been like, man, eh, it's not worth, you know, it's not a hot property, if you will. Um, yeah, but yeah, potentially maybe, well, maybe that's the problem. You know, but it's they go back and they do the Hobbit tables, you know, you got those and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just one of those titles that it, it boggles my mind that it hasn't been done, especially by his head. That's the one that I'm just amazed of all the properties that they get offered to do. Um, now they haven't done a single Warner brothers property yet. So it is a Warner brothers table. That's yeah. right. It's a Warner brothers franchise and they have it. Because Warner Brothers is like the Jaws and all that, right? No, like, Jaws was Universal. Universal, that's right. So yeah, Future ET Jaws. Do, have they actually done any Warner Brothers properties no. at all? No, maybe they'd actually done a license. license. Farsight didn't do any Warner Brothers tables because, uh, which would have been Dirty Harry, Flintstones. Um, hmm. uh, what else was Warner Brothers that was? <laughs> Bugs Bunny's birthday bash. Please don't do that. Yeah, um, don't do that. <laughs> you know, um, but they, I think that Farsight in their negotiating ability said that Warner Brothers was prohibitively expensive. Mm. Um, oh, Batman. That would be Warner Brothers. Oh, yes. Then that's probably the reason why there's a lot of very interesting, very expensive properties in there. Um, but, you know, Zen had the chops to do it. That's not their first radio with negotiations. So, no, and it's one of those, that's where I, look, they're not going to stick with just doing Williams Ballet Tables. They already know that. Um, I think their plate has been cleared of licenses that they agreed to do, mm. but we've, we'd asked them about how they were choosing properties, and they said, it's not even us approaching the licenses anymore. The licenses are approaching us and saying, hey, we want to you know, have a pinball machine and they're like, so we're calling through this, this pile. So yeah, maybe Potter never has even come up, but yeah, probably not. And you, well, know, the problem is, is we could ask Mel about it and he's not going to drop a hint. No way. He's not going to tell us. Unfortunately, Zen has been very lockbox tight on uh, leaking information. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're essentially pretty good with their NDAs. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, whereas I could have a casual conversation with somebody from Farsight and, you know, they drop me hints about stuff and I'd be like, Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. We're not getting that uh, at all. No. <laughs> um, and it's, I think it's because of just the fact that like with Farsight, they were really only dealing with one licensor, which was, you know, scientific or whoever the other licensor was before then. But, you know, there's so many different brands involved in the tables that Zen do that, you know, they, they can't just drop it. They just can't do it. So <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. I keep on going back to that one though, where it's just like, ah, oh, when they announce that, that'll, you know, if they ever announce it, uh, that'll be awesome. Cause I think that it would be absolutely, they would go nuts with yeah. the, the elements on the table. They could just absolutely go nuts. Um, yeah. The pinball designers over in Budapest would just be going nuts with all the things they could do. I, I can only begin to imagine what they do with it. Like they, I think we'd see the return of a lot of virtual ramps, put it that way. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, and, and it's just like, you know, just in the, you know, five or so minutes that we've been spitballing, we can come up with a myriad of ideas. Now imagine sitting in a designer's room and being like, okay, folks, we're going to brainstorm for the next two hours. Yeah. Or like two weeks. 
well, you know, two hour sessions or whatever, and you keep on revisiting it, revisiting it, revisiting it. Oh my God, the amount of the whiteboard would be filled. Oh yeah, it's yeah. They'd be, they'd two whiteboards full of stuff. Yeah, not just one. It'd just be oh. incredible. Yeah, I, I really hope it eventuates. I'm sure that Zen probably would too, because I mean, they they have to be thinking of this as like something I'd like to do. I still say that uh, the the hint was dropped and it's not going to be mentioned again probably because it probably won't happen now that uh, when when Mel said that he wished that they could do Stranger Things as a license, mm. I'm putting on my my skeptical uh, or my my prospectors hat here. I'm pretty sure that they were in talk with Telltale. You reckon? And then they got canned. I do because Telltale was working on a Stranger Things game. Yeah, right. So, and they already have a relationship with Telltale with so. doing Walking Dead, and it was going to be yeah. that exact same type of game. I, I'd put money down on saying that that was in on the, the cards and going to happen, and now it ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. It certainly would add up if they were having a discussion about it. Yeah, which it would have been interesting too, because there again, you've got a a game that has or a, a show that has fantasy elements that could be so quickly done in the pinball world, especially now that we see what you think about when they go into the upside down, it would be just like what we see currently with the Williams tables where with the push of a button, the whole play field changes its look. And that's yep. exactly what would happen. Um, mm. It would be just boom, done, you know, can't do this in a real table, can you? Um, exactly. Yes. You know, and and you would imagine that the physics would be also a little bit different too, just because of the very nature of of uh, of the show with what happens there. So. Yep. Absolutely. You know, things that we can dream about. <laughs> yeah, that are really probably just going to remain as dreams. Yeah. Um. I've gotten all my parts in for the micro cab. Hooray! Hooray! However, I now realize I did like, two boneheaded things. <laughs> oh. So, the first boneheaded thing was that I ordered my flipper buttons and I got those in. And then I realized that they didn't come with the backs to secure them to the actual pinball machine. Oh, the nuts. Yeah, right. So for our YouTube friends, it's this little nut, the little flat. They make it either out of nylon or steel. Yep. And that's what holds the flipper body into the cabinet. Right. Because all the arcade buttons that I bought came with the backs. Mm -hmm. and so I just assumed that the flipper button would come with the back. I didn't bother clicking onto the other page uh, <laughs> on the pinball website. So this little nut that costs 35 cents a nut, uh, sure, I could order them, but then I'm going to have to pay $10 in shipping. <laughs> yeah, right. But hopefully the hardware store has has what I need. I, I can't imagine that they're not going to have something as basic as this. And then my friend even said, he goes, if it's as simple as what you're saying, I could probably 3D print you one. And I was like, yeah, well. Yeah, okay. true. The other boneheaded thing was there's two different lengths of flipper buttons. Oh. Based off of all the arcade buttons that I got, I went and kind of matched their length with the shorter version of the flipper button. And then today I went outside because I was curious. I was like, wait, how do these flipper buttons go into the cabinet? Is it a, a partially drilled out hole? Uh, and then 
another hole completely drilled through for where the, the the screw portion, the thread portion goes through, and that's what captures and traps. So I wanted to see. So I went out. Well, so I've got my Bally table, which is eight ball deluxe, and I've got my Williams table, which is fire uh, firepower. Firepower is a mess on top. I haven't been cracking it open to take a look at it. The, the playfield's not even in there. I've got that pulled. So I never was looking at that. I was just looking at my ballet table. The ballet table does not use this kind of flipper button or nut. It uses a whole housing that it goes into. Yeah, it uses the Gottlieb style. Um, right. Yeah. So that was kind of what I kept on seeing and what I you know kept on looking at. So today I, I decided, okay, fine. I cleared off the top of firepower, open it up, look, cause I just wanted to see what this nut looked like. I pull out the, <laughs> I pull out the flipper button. I go, Hey, this is longer than the one I ordered. So I go and I look and sure enough, it's about a quarter of an inch longer. So I take the one that I ordered and I put it into the machine and it just barely clears the three quarter inch plywood. <laughs> Yeah, right. There's no room to, for the nut to actually secure onto, and it's not going to be able to push the switches. Yeah, actuator. Like, oh. So now I'm thinking instead of three quarter inch MDF that we're going to build this out, can we do it in <laughs> half inch? Mm -hmm. And my thought process be because of that is because of the arcade buttons are shorter also, which means they're not going to have much tooth to grab onto. Now they don't have to worry about the actual, you know, the, the, the switch, the pinball leaf. That's right. But I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Did I just totally bone myself with <laughs> not having cleared off that table and looked, or do I need to order up those? You might just have to suck it up and order the right length buttons and the, um, and the nuts while you're there. I really don't know. I really don't know. Or is it a situation where we make the side panels where the flipper buttons go? Uh, because again, my the one button, the one button that I'm using—that's the arcade button that goes underneath the two flipper buttons. It's just as short as the ones I ordered. So maybe it's I need half inch there, and I can do three quarter inch everywhere else. Or does that even make sense? Why is the three quarter inch completely arbitrary? Or can we do it out of half inch? I don't know. I got to call my buddy up and find out uh, if that throws a giant monkey wrench into the hole. Well, look, I'd say for the application that you're using, you probably could get away with half inch. I would think. I mean, the three quarter was because you're dealing with all that weight. You need yeah. a rigid box, whereas you don't need that rigid box for what? No, there's nothing going except a couple of very light circuit boards and just. Well, the other option, the other thing too is, oh, you know, you don't even have to worry about your mounting for your legs being a, a consistent size because you're just going to use bolts and, and nuts through them. So you don't need to worry about any sort of plates or any of that sort of stuff that's standard pinball hardware. So that's not even a consideration. Well, um, that, uh, I did go ahead and uh, order the the mounting brackets for, oh, you did? for the legs. It's still okay. <laughs> they're you're still going to have a right angle which is they're going to go on the right angle and yeah. they're going to be fine so yeah. that's not going to be a problem no. um but I, I don't think you need to go with with three quarter inch ply i think or mdf it's half inch would be perfectly fine yeah um i mean you have a look at what they were building the prototypes out of they were using foam core which is like i mean like that's like a quarter of an inch the the foam core it's really thin yeah i don't know what you want to probably but you know, structurally, that would have actually probably been all right. Like, yeah. it would still be strong enough to actually do what you want to do with it. It would just be light. So, 
and you think about three quarter inch ply versus half inch ply and the amount of ply and wood that you're actually going to have on the controller is not exactly it's not going to be like a full cabinet anyhow so you you wouldn't notice a difference really yeah so anyway that was that was one of those it would save on costs as well it would actually keep the materials down as well because it'd be cheaper right so that's actually probably not a bad thing um he also uh my friend texted me the other day he had a picture of the uh, coin door that he 3d printed and mm -hmm. as i said he had to print it in quarter panels segment. yeah, and then glue them together. And he texted me, he goes, four hours into filling and sanding, I'm starting to hate you. Oh, geez. <laughs> and so I went, because like, I don't know anything about it. I went, and so I called him up and I go, why did you have to sand and, and do all this fill? And he goes, because that's when you butt them up and you liquid and it expands and you got to sand it back down and you, there's gaps and you got to fill in the gaps and, and all this. And oh, I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. He goes, yeah, if you do any more of these, we're going to have to find a different way of doing this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to injection mold them, surely, like you would. Well, it's either do injection mold or buy... Uh, a big platter. ...or an excuse, but buy a larger 3D printer. They can do it. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think it'd probably be cheaper if you're going to do them. Just, like, injection mold them and just well, do 50 of them. Yeah, yeah. The doing, he says that all the parts or, you know, the materials to do an injection mold would be about probably about $60 to, right. to do that. Um, so it only makes sense if you're making at least 10. I'd um, make 15, put them up on eBay. It, well, yeah. I mean, at, at that point, you might as well just bang yeah. it up. I don't, um, here, I'll show you uh, for our YouTube viewer. This is the the small arcade button. So it's about oh, yeah. this is the uh, flipper button that I bought. You bought them right together. They're the exact same height. Yeah, so, right. and these are both what is going to go into the the side cabinet. Um, so you, if you hold those two buttons up side by side again, like you've got, you know, the the flipper button. If you have a look at it, it's got that top thing on it, and it's oh, it's just about the, it's got the same amount of meat on the bottom of it to actually put the screw on. Yeah. So but I mean, yeah, if I lower this down, truthfully, that maybe is the quarter inch um necessary on the on the the small arcade it's it's this little bezel here that's the part that you wind up having to part you have to like the route out and then yeah you have to route that out and then the thread part is what actually goes all the way through so it yes. it's a weird it's a weird button um yeah it is and and that you know i i also <coughs> for the the two stage uh switches all right yeah so that's the other thing that's figuring out is is figuring out how hard it's gonna have to push in order to to hit both yeah switches. there's a fair bit of travel there although once you actually get that all like locked in i've i've had those those switch bodies as well when i've been doing up the star race and it's surprising how little movement you need particularly um if you bend the contacts quite close together because right. You'll be fine then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the but, other option is, but that's the that's the very issue is if this is if if this one's barely sticking through, it's not going to have enough. It'll have enough to maybe make contact with one, but it won't have enough to make contact with the other. Yeah. So it has to it has to come in enough that it can actually be quite do, hard up against it. Yeah. Yeah. To do all of them.
Mm. Um, the other thing that I didn't realize was what I bought, and this is probably what's standard with all uh, flipper buttons now, is mine has a spring in it. Yes. Though the one that's in my firepower ain't got no spring. The spring is entirely based off of the the yeah. spring of this sending it back. So I thought that you was more- yeah. might find that it's just missing the spring. So I might have actually just changed over the button because they do get no, I don't You can buy them with spring or without spring. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that's definitely an option. Hmm. Interesting. So anyway, that what the good news about this all though is that now that I have all the parts, uh, it's just a matter of scheduling time and going and putting the thing together. Putting the thing together. Um, I went and I got paint swatch for the color blue that I'm thinking of, and then I looked up what actual whirlwind blue is, like what people have put together up on pin side, um, which might be a little darker than what I was wanting. Mm-hmm. But the, the funny thing is going into the paint store and you're looking at all the paint chips and yeah, they don't make vibrant colors because people don't want that on their walls. <laughs> no, they, they really <laughs> don't. Muted, washed out. Um, yeah. Huh. This is the, uh, the, see, I got my, my colors of blue that I'm thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about using this lighter blue Whirlwind blue is more this with a little more purple in it, uh, a little bit. Okay, but it's a vibrant. It, it's and this was the only card in the entire store that had that vibrant blue. Everything else was just kind of yeah, yeah, washed out, sedate. You know um, what we should do? Can you go and take a piece and get it spectrally analyzed at your paint shop? Oh, what? Uh, gonna piece from what? What Something like a? <laughs> well. Sometimes only what I did is I actually took my um, what did I do? I took my playfield arch with me, yeah, to to Bunnings, which is a hardware store over here, and I used that to actually determine the type of um paint that I needed, the rattle can I needed, and I literally got it bang on with sight like a sight match, but the I recently, like, there's a hole in the roof that I had to fix, and I knew that I would have had to repaint it. So what I did is when I was fixing the hole, I took a bit of the plasterboard paper off with the original paint on it, and then I took it down to Bunnings, and they put it under this machine that analyzes the paint swatch. So, you know, would you be able to find a transportable enough bit of um, pinball bit that you could go and actually get the exact match Done. I don't know anybody that has a whirlwind. Well, no, well, yeah, it's, yeah, okay, that's true. They've already posted what the numbers are that other people have taken their decals in and done exactly that. Oh, okay, well, that's fine. The blue on the decal is the exact same blue needed. Um, What I've realized, though, seeing what those look like, is all the whirlwinds that I've seen have probably been faded. Faded, yes. Um, That's a problem. But I think I like that faded blue <laughs> more yeah, right. darker than the darker purplish blue. So, you know, my my buddy keeps saying, "Well, you want that exact?" I go, "No, no, 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 no. I want the feel. I don't need it to be precise whirlwind blue. I just wanted that kind of blue. That that was the the ballpark that I'm aiming for." Um, Look, I know that when I was trying to match up the colors for the outside of the Star Race cabinet, I I got it wrong. Absolutely got it wrong. Like a the blue that I chose was not a space blue. It was like a quite a a, a light blue mm-hmm. compared to what was actually on the inside. But the the paint match I got on the arch 
is very, very close to, to what it actually is and what it looks like in the cabin. So like the outside of the cabin is going to have a different color on it than a different blue than the inside, but it's not actually a bad thing. It actually looks fine. Yeah. Um, the thing is that the most important thing is that it's consistent. So, yeah. you know, that's what you got to worry about. If you choose a color, the good thing is you're not going over old paint. It's brand new. Yeah. So it's going to look great whatever color you choose, really. Yeah. Mm. So, but that's, uh, yeah, that's the deal. So hopefully we'll start getting this thing assembled uh, or, or actually start working on it, I should say, um, in the next two weeks. That'll be pretty good. You have to get your soldering iron out and wire all the components into your board. That's right. That's right. Mm. I'm going to finally learn <laughs> how to do some proper soldering. I've only ever unsoldered something and I tried soldering onto a board and I had to have my neighbor come and fix my mistake. So you, you might want to actually uh, just get a really cheap bit of breadboard and do some practicing with some dodgy wire before you actually start doing it on your very shiny well, pins yeah, it, It's It's my buddy knows how to do all this. Uh -huh. So if I have somebody watching me, you know, over my shoulder, telling me what to do or can show me right then and there. And then I can immediately hop in and do it. You should I'm, be right. Then I'm fine. It's, this is what I deal with in camera where I'll go onto a set and it'll be some new digital camera that I've never touched before. And all the accessories that go onto it are different and all the plugs. And I don't have a clue what anything is right. Well, give me two hours of working with this thing and somebody that does know what they're doing, plugging it all in after You're that. Good to go. Or if I got to do the prep of it and I had a whole day of prepping by the end of the prep day, I'm good to go. You could go. Yeah. It, 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 so long as I have, so long as I'm not having to sit there with an instruction manual and try and interpret words into action, I'm fine. You're fine. Yeah. You're very much a visual learner, visual Ooh. and kinesthetic learner. Yeah. Very much. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, it's like I said, it'll be a whole new, I got to deal with woodworking, which I don't deal with, um, mm -hmm. painting, which I hate, <laughs> electronics, which I know nothing about. Um, so all these things that you don't like doing, you're going to do, I'm going to do, you know, yeah. and then maybe I'll be able to apply that to my firepower. Well, yeah, maybe it's, you'll maybe. certainly be able to do a lot more soldering work. Um, on your firepower. Like, it was the same with me. Like I hadn't done soldering for, well, gee, a long, long time. So when I started to resolder components on Star Race, you know, uh, it was they were pretty rough. Like yeah. the, the there was a lot of cold joints and stuff like that when I was soldering on. And it was also difficult because I was dealing with really old wire, right. and the old wire tends to not want to tin very well. Yeah. So you know, you've got to actually, in some cases, I had to actually get sandpaper out and rough up the wire so it would actually take a tin. Um, and, but on the new wire, because what I did is I started to join uh, a lot of the new switch bodies and stuff up with brand new wire. And that was just a joy because new switch body. So you had new contacts without any existing solder on, you had brand new fresh wire. So what you did is basically stripped the wire, twisted it, looped it through the, um, the eyelet on the switch. And then you just heated the, the, the switch body, not yeah, the actual little tang that the wire goes in, you, you just flow the solder on, it just goes and just goes into the wire. It was such a satisfying experience. <laughs> oh, it was just wonderful. <laughs> like just doing, doing work with new wire versus like old 40 year wires, just like chalk and cheese. Yeah. So you'll, it'll be very easy for you 
like putting wire through through the board and soldering it on like it, it will just if you have to solder and you haven't done it for a while using new components is is a godsend and that's all we're going to be using is new yeah so i don't i don't think you're going to have any trouble or you do a couple of them and it'll be like done yeah yeah so yeah like i said it's a matter of uh of scheduling time between my friend and me and uh when we can get together mm. but he's he's he was like i'm gonna put you to work you're gonna you're gonna be doing all this <laughs> that's good though like you you want that no i'm not afraid of doing that i just hate doing it on my own without prior knowledge so and someone's saying again oh look you know you could do it that way but if you did it this way you'd save yourself three hours work right you go, well let's just do it that way shall we <laughs> that's that's the hardest part right yeah big yeah. time the hardest part so mm -hmm. anyway well uh there'll be a future post obviously over on our website about that once that ball starts rolling uh speaking of our website have you visited blockadepinball.com slash episodes if not, why? What's your problem? You're listening to the show right now. Shouldn't you want to get the full experience? If you go over there, you will see all these wonderful show notes that Jared likes to post along with pictures and web links to anything that we happen to be mentioning. Um, fortunately for Jared, there's not going to be much to link to today. <laughs> there's not a lot to link to. It's just basically a, a, a straight post. The last one was interesting. I did a lot of linking out to, um, it seemed, apps and stuff, and a lot of background information about what Smurf berries are. Okay. That The post that I shared was the exact post ah. that, got, that defined Smurf berries for me, the one from Review Lagoon. Um, it's a guy called Shane Munro, and when I was really into Android, I followed him a lot on Twitter and, and Google Plus back then. And, uh, yeah, this article was like, the one that was committed to memory for Smurfery because it explains it so eloquently. Um, so definitely go and check that out if you if you haven't already about what Smurfberries are. Also, be sure and check out Redbubble.com and type in Blockade or do a search for Blockade. Uh, that's where we got merch, folks. If you want to show, throw some support our way, uh, it's an easy way of doing that, and you get something in return. So we get something, you get something, everybody's happy. Uh, all sorts of T-shirts. Uh, hoodies and phone cases and stickers and uh mugs all that sort of jazz with the wonderful blockade logo slapped on it because you know we want your friends to go hey what's that uh that's right you know so make sure you visit redbubble.com and type in or search for blockade and once that pops up just click on anything and you'll start seeing all the various products and you can start going down the rabbit hole of our merch. Down the rabbit hole because then you can start <laughs> doing all the color variations that you want. And yeah. Um, so. There's going to be a lot of unique looking, good looking roosters out there wearing the blockade gear if they, uh, if they want to do it. So and as you mentioned last time, the beautiful thing is, is that it's printed uh, more locally to wherever your destination is. So you're going to get it quick and you're not going to be uh, over a barrel for shipping costs. No, it's it's pretty quick. I'm, I was quite surprised when I ordered mine. I went, "Wow, done already!" Jeez. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. If you uh, don't feel like uh, uh, having merch and you still want to support us, well, we have PayPal for that. So uh, feel free to again on our website. There's all the information about how you can do that, and yep. we appreciate it. As I applied uh, the donation that we got that was specifically earmarked towards the microcab straight into microcab parts. So um, that's how that's where I got this last batch of parts from. Uh, yeah. From that, it's great. Uh, beyond that, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Blockade is where you want to do that. Uh, you'll always find out when we're recording the podcast, as well as when we post our weekly Zen tournament table that we play. 
as well as other information. Like for instance, right now Zen is running a sale on Humble Bundle uh, for the Marvel One and Star Wars One packs, I think, and they're like 10% off uh, currently. Um, and you get to support charity, so even better. Even better, yep. So uh, that we just uh, retweeted uh, yesterday or today, I can't remember which, but anyway, mm -hmm. so whenever we hear news about uh, digital pinball, we tend to also forward that on on the Twitter handles. Or you could go ahead and just follow myself. I am at Shut Your Traps. Jared is at Jared Morg. And then you get other things like all of the stuff Jared does with his Star Race machine and all the stuff that uh, I do with this movie related. <laughs> That's right. So you get a whole lot of information if you subscribe to the socials. Precisely. And as always, if there's anything that you want to comment about that you want to keep semi-private uh, or information that you want from us regarding the show or things you want us to talk about, you can always email us. That is blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. Yep. All right. With that, I think next week, Jared is unavailable. Yes. I am going over to um, an island called Tangaluma Island, and there is a diabetes conference over there. So the whole family is going over. We're staying over there a couple of nights and the kids go off and do activities with a team of diabetes educators monitoring their levels while um, my wife and I go and learn about how to manage diabetes better. So um, it's a bit like a, a bit like a holiday, a bit like a seminar, um, but it should be a lot of fun. We get to feed dolphins as well. So, so there will be no show next week. Uh, the following week, I'm just looking at the calendar. Uh, we'll be back with the show. Don't know what that one's going to be about. Hopefully some things have uh, taken place in the meantime. Uh, and then the following week, uh, probably midweek, we'll be posting the interview with Mel. That's yeah. Nothing. So there may not even be a show on the... Uh, the normal time next uh, on that on that following week, it might just roll straight into uh, into that. The pre-recorded, yeah. Who, who knows? How long Mel decides to talk to me? Um, yeah. Otherwise, it could be like a fifty-minute show, right? <laughs> Which <laughs> would be. And Jared are going to have to do some more uh, chat, and if it's a full hour like it was last time, then no need. No <laughs> need. We, if it was a fifty-minute show, that would take the record as the shortest show in history of Blarcade. Yeah. <laughs> Anything in particular? Um, that you want us to ask of Mel that we didn't get the last time that we talked to him. Um, why don't you go ahead and drop us uh, a question of that sort via mm. email? That'd be really good. And then I can uh, try and uh, put some of those into this. Um, and then we'll see what he, like I said, he's got some other things uh, uh, apart from just mentioning uh, what's going on with the next table pack that uh, he wanted to, to touch upon. So, We'll find out what those are too. It's all a big mystery. He's keeping us in the dark, which is kind of we, fun. We don't even know. Yeah. Like that. We haven't got any hints or anything from him. So he's, he's being super secret, super secret, yeah. um, which makes it fun for us too. Cause it almost, it gives us a surprise as well. Yep. Cause we don't, we don't get advanced warning of it. We actually get to find out when you guys get to find out. So it's, it's cool. It's very good. It, it certainly makes it a lot less of that. Oh God, I really want to tell factor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. All right, enough is enough. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Or, no, we'll see you two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, 
sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. So the job I do, where I'm never at the same location twice, the hours are constantly shifting. There's, you know, even if you're on stage for three days in a row, you're doing something different all three days. Mm. And I then look at somebody like you who goes into the office at the same time every day to the same location every day. And I don't understand how that works. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm doing um, work from home a couple of days a week. Um, so, you know, that breaks it up a little bit as well. But yeah, you're right. I'll go to work. I sit in the same spot. I do the mostly the same type of thing with some different flavors added to the top of it. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I guess the difference, we've had this discussion before. I remember it, um, but it's sort of like a, one of those things that my my type of work is different because of the different things I need to look at and and do. It's not so much the the location that changes; it's the the type of digital work that I need to do right each day. And that's that. I guess that's a variation for me, and that's what keeps it fresh. Um, I just I never can imagine, you know, like my dad. He went to work every day at the same office building at the same time every day for you know, 30 plus years. 30 years, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, whoa, you know. Yeah. Uh, my wife said that her dad, the way when he was driving into work every day, he would wave to the same cars every day. Like they... Really? Because Well, because I don't know how bad traffic is for you in Australia, but in terrible California, <laughs> it's a, just a part of life. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so you're stuck in the same traffic jam with everybody. And if everybody's getting on the freeway at the same time, yeah, you know, that they normally do from their normal spot, you're going to tend to run into the same people. Yeah. Um, so you should yeah. just have, um, you should just have CB radios in your car and just to, like have a big morning <laughs> chat. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, imagine? I know. I know something that I was going to mention to you. What's that? So, I am not a baseball fan in the least. Mm-hmm. Um, find it completely boring. But yeah. last night, I'm flipping through channels, and and our local baseball team, uh, the Dodgers, is in the World Series against the other side of the country's uh, Boston Red Sox. And so, I was flipping in just to see what the score is. Yep. And next thing I know in my flipping, it's now up to the 12th inning. Baseball only normally uh-huh. goes to nine innings. And now I realize that you uh, in Australia, who I imagine follow cricket, yes? Well, some people do. Well, I some don't. people do, but cricket is, is very Cricket's much... a big national pastime here. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. cricket is known for having extraordinarily long matches, correct? Certainly the test matches do, yeah. But the, the shorter format ones like 2020 and stuff are a lot. They're basically like the social media crack of cricket. <laughs> That's how, how people like do them. Yeah. So, so last night, this game, it, it, the game started at 5 o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon. At 11.30 at night, I decided I was done with the TV and flipping channels, and I turned off the TV, and the game was still going on. And Jeez. that was in the 15th inning. Wow. And I was sitting at my computer at about 12.30 at night, uh, and I heard some neighbors cheer, and I went, oh, the game must be over. And sure enough, it was over at 18 innings. So oh, they basically geez. played two complete games 
Why did they do that? Is it was it just one of those games that would tied game? Oh wow, tied game, and you got to play until the tie is over. Wound up being wound up being the longest and most innings of any uh, playoff baseball in history. (laughs) Wow, I'm just like that's insane. So here's the thing that I'm thinking about though, right? First off, those people that are sitting in the stands, they've been in the stands for what is it, almost six hours? Yeah. That's a long slog. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, what about the people that were on the East Coast that are diehard Red Sox fans following this, right? Yeah. It's four in the morning for them by the time the game ended. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I would love I I'm I'm gonna have to look up and see what the what the ratings numbers and just like if they fell off a cliff at a certain point. But how do you how do you find that out like how do you know when ratings drop off or come back up do you have like some sort of public service over there that gives you, you know all i have to do is type in game three world series 2018 ratings and i'm oh, sure i can find on. oh yeah i can oh right hey, internet is great for all sorts of things it is now because <laughs> i remember you know back in the days of analog tv the only way you could get access to that was actually have you know the black box in your house and you know the if you were selected as a um a ratings influencer so right the old nielsen box yeah that's right yeah Yeah. but that was just that but that didn't tell you what the ratings were that just counted you as the ratings yeah but you would have to wait about a week and then all of a sudden the nielsen ratings would come out and they would tell you but now you can find out what the ratings were every hour at half hour breaks um you can really just track where the stuff tumbles and falls yeah always i just wonder how they work it out like do is it like a, a I would have thought that perhaps in the past it might have been um, what is the signal strength being received at or transmitted at so that you can actually maintain signal or something like that in analog days. Because, you know, I'm thinking that might be a measure. I don't even know how they would measure it. Here's the funny thing. It used to be that, yeah, you had to fill out your Nielsen diary, right? Yeah. And, of course, when people were a Nielsen family for the week or whatever, suddenly they watched a lot of public access TV. And, yeah. You know, like, all these <laughs> shows that they wouldn't be caught dead whether they were trying to sound like they, no, I watched that, right? And with the advent of satellite TV and with your DVRs now and everything, mm-hmm. they can track this stuff real time. Um, mm. They still do a lot of estimates of what people are actually watching because not everybody has these boxes. Yes. But, oh, these boxes are sending data left and right. You kidding me? All over the place. They're all <laughs> interconnected. So when you're watching a show, it'll be telling the studio about something. It'll be yeah. telling the pay TV provider. You know, I yeah, I was always curious about like even car radio. I'm like, how the heck do they get ratings yeah. for that stuff? But apparently exactly. they're, they're able to track listenership somehow. I don't know. It's really bizarre. I reckon it's signal strength because we're still operating on analog radio over here. Mm-hmm. We have digital, we have digital channels, but we're still like sharing, like well, not sharing. We still got the the analog signals there. Oh yeah, we I don't do. Think I don't think there's any plan to actually deprecate um, the analog bandwidths, which it will happen eventually because when they do, they usually make it available for mobile telephony. So. They'll have, that's what they did with all the analog TV over here. Like, as soon as they got rid of the analog bands over here, they resold them, the spectrums, right. and then right. you got 4G, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. It was but they got to be things. careful with, like, because my car has HD radio in it. Oh, yeah. And 
if it can't lock into the HD signal, then it switches to analog. Oh. And it's really weird. You'll be listening, and, and I can tell also because the, the heads-up display for my, my radio, uh, all of a sudden, I'll lose all the data, and it'll just say the station name, right? Yeah. So like, okay, I'm in analog right now. And you're listening, you're listening, and all of a sudden, the fidelity gets like way better. And you're like, oh, the HD just kicked in. But right, right. It's, but then if I switch over to a, a purely HD station, because all the stations that are in HD, they then offer, you know, they offer HD one, HD two, HD three. Yeah, they're multicast. Yeah, right, they're multicasting. So if you're listening to just an HD station, all of a sudden it'll just cut out because you will lose it. It'll go off the grid. Yeah, amazing how often that happens. And yeah. so I think right there is until they get that, you know, poking into every nook and cranny, you're still going to have terrestrial analog radio. Yeah. Because it is like the the further the thing the further you are away from the metropolitan areas too, you you have to actually have repeaters everywhere. Yeah, have the digital transmission. Like I don't think at the moment we can drive up the coast to the Sunshine Coast and we can still get Brisbane radio stations um, with on the the new car. Not so much on the Mazda that I drive now, but on the Kia we can definitely get all the the. Brisbane radio station is still pretty clearly, but you guarantee that if that was a digital station, nah, you'd have no chance. Right. You know? mm. 